right. This is super exciting. We have the 22nd episode of the Gut Check Project. And unfortunately, my co-host Eric Rieger is actually at a conference right now. But we have a huge upgrade. We have Dr. <laughs> Marisol, naturopathic doctor, who is now my co-host and my lead guest, both, <laughs> which is awesome. So uh, this is going to be a super, super, super fun show because what we have going on is Dr. Marisol. We're going to talk about pooping. We're going to talk about castor oil. We're going to talk about bowel habits. I'm just a simple country butt doctor. She's a brilliant naturopath. So we're going to welcome Dr. Marisol. Oh, you're awesome. Ken, thanks so much. You're, you're so, 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 so humble. <laughs> it's amazing. But I have to say you're a pretty incredible GI specialist, honestly. That is. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just thrilled to actually... Um, have a different co-host, and cool. so we're gonna let we're just gonna bounce off each other. We're gonna awesome. let let everything roll here. You're just happier it's a cuter. <laughs> I, you know what? Oh, sorry, Eric. Eric. <laughs> Eric's extremely attractive. Um, if he'd shave, I think that the, I think we'd have a more of a connection. But he just won't do that. I, I know, know. I know. He could do that whole Mister America contest. I'm telling you, yeah. keep on trying to get him to go in it. <laughs> Love that, that Dallas accent. <laughs> so before we even jump in, I just want to ask one one question. Yeah. How you pooping? Uh, am I pooping? I'm pooping like a champ. Actually, I'm pooping like a queen. <laughs> right? So she, her moniker is that she is the queen of thrones, that's which is right. why. Now, it's not just because you're here. I, that's actually how I introduce everyone is I, I just ask them, how you pooping? I, I mean, love I'm, it. You know, I'll go to family reunions and just walk up and go, hey. How you pooping? You know, that is the most important question that we should be asking people, honestly, or at least asking ourselves every day, right? How am I pooping? Because it's so important. It's like your number, you know, they, they get, I always say, you know, poor, poor poo, you know, it, it has a, a bad job where it, you know, got the number two label, right? Like, why is it not the number one? Like, in my opinion, poo is number one, not number two. The most important thing that comes out of your body. And, you know, this was completely planned, but this is episode two, two. <laughs> And we've got the queen of number two on the it. show. This is awesome. I know. Synchronicity at its best, <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, that's an important question, honestly. That's what that's what I've been asking myself for the past, gosh, 40 years of my life, right? And I So can, you did this in utero? You were asking questions? <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. No, no, I'm definitely over four. <laughs> but, but because I poop well, I do look younger and better and uh -huh. I feel better than I did otherwise, right? And when I was younger, I really suffered with digestive problems like constipation. My mother was constipated constantly. You know, my father had IBS. It was, we were just a, a bunch of problems in the butt <laughs> at our home. It was just, gosh, everyone, always the bathroom occupied. We only had one bathroom in those days. And home was in Ontario, Canada? Yeah, Ontario, Canada, right? Back up, up north, northern Canada. So we were out isolated in the very north in the mining towns. Oh my goodness. Very so interesting experience. Lots of family there. members coming out of the bathroom going, oh, that didn't go well. That's right. So for us, you know, that conversation was very, very open. We would talk about it at the kitchen table. Well, we would talk about it everywhere. And then I'm, I would remember going to a friend's house and then I'd start talking about it or I'd say something to a friend of mine and they'd be like, oh my God, you're so weird. Why are you talking about poo? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting. And it's what we talk about, right? So it was a common conversation at our home. It was really, it was really interesting. And I keep on, you know, what really changed my life though was Do Oprah and Dr. Oz. 
ironically, the the uh, that show they uh, I think Dr. Oz was just going on the Oprah show for a couple of episodes, and he went on in one of his first episodes, and what he did was a, a huge explanation about what your poo was saying about you. And that day, when I watched that episode, something in my heart lit up. And I was just looking at him like a child in a candy store. Like I just was amazed by what he was talking about and how there was actually things you could find out about your body from your poo. And it just set me on this trajectory, on this pathway to really always constantly be looking and investigating my poo. And because I suffered with IBS, with so much digestive problems up until I was in my 30s when I finally you know, figured out my formula to fix it, I, I was looking looking and learning from my poo. So it was just, it's just been a really cool ride to get me to becoming the queen of the thrones and what I'm doing now. And a ride on the throne, that is. <laughs> Let me ask you, so when you watched this episode with Dr. Oz, were you a naturopathic doctor at the time? Oh, no. How long ago was this? Oh my gosh. This is talking, that we're talking like 19, I think it could be like 1992, maybe earlier. Like I was around 11. It was it was early on in my life, like it was a, po- a foundational point in my life where that something just inside me clicked. It was like I want to talk about poo. That seems really important to me. What were you doing at that time? So at that time, I was a young young kid. I was in dancing. In my dreams were to become a Liza Minnelli and a doctor. I wanted to be both of those things. My Liza Minnelli dream got crushed by a dance teacher who said I didn't fit quite in. Uh huh. Right, uh, which you know was now I look at that as the best gift I could have given been given in my lifetime because if I fit in, I would not be here talking about poo. <laughs> Let's face it, because poo is taboo, right? And so what I wanted to go into was was being a doctor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was was that the motive to get you to start studying naturopathic medicine? One hundred percent. Oh. Because I had suffered my entire life. Suffering, suffering, you know, your purpose is within your pain 100% of the time. When you, you know, you're dealing with something, you're trying to figure out how to make it better. And you, and like someone like me, like I, I, I'm always looking how to advance, how to be better, how to improve. And I couldn't get this part of my life improved because IBS can be a huge beast, you know, because it's not just only what's going on in the digestive tract, it's so much more. So I really needed to look at all those things. And I needed, I, I think I needed to take it into my own hands and take it. And that's why, that's what eventually led me into naturopathic school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm really blessed. I mean, I think that one of the most common things is that um, when people in other fields of medicine, and I think there's so many naturopathic doctors that really focus on the gut because they realize how important it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little bit biased as yeah. a gastroenterologist. I say that all health begins and ends in the gut. Yeah. But it really is because what I see in my clinic, and I'm sure it's exactly what you see, mm-hmm. you can't get away from it. If you mm-hmm. have a sore knee, you quit running. Yeah. You go to an orthopedist, whatever, you get a surgery, something like that. But when you have intestinal issues, it, it's always there. So. Always. Yeah. It's always there and it permeates your entire life. You're constantly dealing with it, constantly thinking about it. Like I'm still in the habit of when I turned in my 20s, my IBS shifted from a constipation more to a diarrhea and I'd have periods of constipation, but it was predominantly like explosive. I don't know when it's coming, diarrhea. I love this. I've never been able to talk so openly about <laughs> You know, I'm like, I'm just like, this is my, I love my story. All right. So I want to get into your, I want to get more into you as the person, you you and the history, but I want to tell you this and you may not even remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I met you a couple of years ago at Mindshare and we were sitting around talking and I, um, I myself am gluten intolerant. Took me a long time to figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, we developed, oh, uh, 
little bit of housekeeping, totally forgot. Um, ooh, this episode is being brought to you by Atron Teal. Woohoo! Love that stuff. Go to com slash Spoonie or go to lovemytummy.com um, for a discount code. Um, I forget that my uh, our own product is sponsoring this show, so sorry. <laughs> so <Chuck>. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I did not realize I was gluten intolerant. Yeah. Um, until the person that helped me develop this, Brandy, who's my research manager, we diagnosed her with celiac disease. Oh wow! So I would go out to lunch during work, and I would I would eat gluten free, sort of to support the people. And, yeah, and it took me a long <laughs> time to realize that. I would not have to rush back to the office because I'd have to use the restroom yeah. before I'd start seeing people again. Oh, wow. And she yeah. pointed that out. Yeah. And I was uh, talking to you, or I was like, yeah, it took me forever. I would go out on a run. I'd be like a mile out, and then you have this urge to go. Oh, and you yeah. don't know if you should stop and waddle back or whatever. And then that's when— <laughs> or, bend, or squat. <laughs> and then you told me a really funny story that if you're cool with sharing, I'd yeah. like you to share. <laughs> Yeah, well, gosh, I I have so many funny stories like that. Did I, are you talking about my Dominican Republic story? Probably the one. The only the one that you told me. No, it's the one that you had a route and that you would actually squat in somebody's yard. <gasps> oh yes, that's. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I I have a around my house. I have a pond, and you know, it, it it would be that. It would be explosive, right? I'd be like suddenly, oh my gosh, what's happening? And so I literally have squatted in people's lawns, in their back lawns. Thank God, because it's going hitting in. But you know, like when nature calls, you know, nature calls, and when 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 she's calling in that way, it's not it's not always a call that you love or or, or really want to answer, but you got to do something about it. And you know what? I like to this point now in my life, it's so funny, and I'm I'm repatterning this. So up until now, um, I I would always look and see where the bathroom is wherever I go because of that, right? Because there's been so many times that I've had accidents or what have you. Like when you're suffering with IBS, you just don't know when it's going to come, and it's it's it can be a scary thing to live with. We probably share very similar patients, and when yeah. I. When the, the trauma that can happen, I mean, I have stewardesses, pilots, oh, people gosh. that are trapped in a, you know, the, here in Dallas, there's commuters. Oh, and yeah. the thought of that, just the anxiety of, yeah. of that can actually trigger something. Exactly. It makes it worse. And mm-hmm. you know you know how you say, like, the gut is, it all ends and begins with the gut? I agree 100%. Like, you can't, like, digestion is how you are digesting your life. Like, there is no other way around it. Like, it's... Things are not good in your life emotionally, and hence the anxieties triggering an IBS, like an explosive diarrhea, like emotionally, physically, what have you. It all has started in the gut, all of it. So my right? research, um, in you know, I do a lot of irritable bowel, I do a lot of inflammatory bowel disease, yeah, and good. we got really into. I was one of the first doctors that really started embracing. I worked with Dr. Mark Pimentel when he was, I was one of the people that on the study for Zyfaxin and things like that. And so I was hearing about bacteria, the microbiome, like 10 years before everybody else was. And now it's really interesting because even my own colleagues still aren't addressing that, but the naturopathic world embraced it early on. Oh yeah. We're all about the bugs and bacteria, right? Because we're all about the ecology and how the, the body is a system, right? In, in conventional medicine, I mean, I love you guys. Thank God for you guys. Thank God for conventional medicine. You know what? We all benefit from it. The, the But you you tend to look uh, at it as like one organ system, right? So, but we look at it as our, as it, as like a garden, like we're a garden, right? And in the garden, you need things like water, you need nutrients, there's bacteria in the soil. So for us, it wasn't a large stretch to think, oh, wow, we should be using like 
probiotics in our prescriptions because guess what? It's a garden for us. So just like already our methodology about how we think about the human body and how like in naturopathic medicine, there really aren't specialists. Really, we're we're all generalists, but we just have a focus on certain areas. Like some patients, some doctors, some naturopathic doctors might have a focus on, you know, cancer care. You know, I have a focus on GI just like you. So the majority of my patients I see a lot of IBS, Crohn's colitis, but I tend to also see things like autoimmune conditions and cancer. But you know what? I treat them all very similarly because I still start with the gut on everybody. So you watch this Dr. Oz episode. Yeah. Tell me about your history. Like when does one become a naturopathic doctor? What did you do? Just to give me the give me the history of the Queen of Thrones. Oh gosh. So so this is the thing. So I watched Oprah, Dr. Oz. I was in a time of my life. I was rounder. You know, I, I, I was I was you know isolated from society, like not society, but from you know kids. Kids didn't like me. I was the the, the strange little Spanish girl who brought sardine sandwiches to school. So I didn't, it didn't smell good, you know, <laughs> you know, so up in, you know, that was my life back then. And were you, were you born in Canada? I was born in Canada. Yeah. So my father's from Spain and my mother's from South America. Where in South America? Uh, Uruguay. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful country. Like it's. Just, ¿Y tú hablas español? Sí, hablo español. Uh, Por supuesto, me encanta hablar español. <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to get my teenage kids to speak Spanish because you know it's such a gift to be able to speak Spanish. I've got my. Uh, he's soon to be 15 year old. I got my 15 year old who is um, will only speak Spanish at the house, and like, uh. there's times where I'm like. Ah. That's so, that's, you know, that's it's, good it's though. Awesome. That's it's good awesome. because, you know, Spanish opens up doors in so many different ways. And, you know, like I love coming to this in Canada where I'm at, I don't run into too many Latinos, but when I'm in the States, especially Dallas and, you know, like the, the, the more Southern States, it's awesome. I love it. Cause I'm constantly speaking Spanish. It's just like, this is great. I want to move to America. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the States. I would say that my, my Spanish really took off when I was in training in San Antonio. Yeah. Almost every Everybody. patient I saw. Yeah. yeah and, and you know what? I see patients because of the languages that I speak, many of them come and search me out. It's it's super cool. But back to my story, what had happened was that I, you know, I wasn't living a happy life as a kid. I was, you know, isolated from the crowd. And I was also very uh, anxious, right? Anxiety was a huge predominating factor because of my isolation from the group. You know, I was, I was a different kid. Um, and so I was, but I got diagnosed with asthma instead of anxiety. And so the medical system kind of failed me when I was younger. And unfortunately, it put me on a series of lots of drugs, lots of prednisone, which made me go from a, you know, a a, a plump, cute to a, a very overweight teenager. And it but why were you on prednisone? Because I was having such anxiety. And but the, it would manifest and look like an asthma attack. But the doctor never even examined my lungs. He never he never did a physical exam. There was what? no oh no, yeah, this is back in the day. Yeah, nothing was done. <laughs> so you can imagine my what I thought of the conventional medical system and family medical doctors at that point in time, right? I didn't really have very because here I was like, you know, medicating with prednisone to reduce my asthma attacks, which I wasn't really ever having them. It was all anxiety. So oh, I was I was I was a case that was really mismanaged and it, it made me gain more weight, isolated me more, my anxiety got worse. As I got, fortunately, my mom got to the point where she's like, you know what? I'm done you taking these drugs. And she just pulled me off. <laughs> How old were you when this started? Uh, I think by that time I was around 15, 16. So I, I remember That's... going into high school and still being a bit overweight. And then once the, pro- the pregnant was gone, my weight started to go down. And it's not just the, it's not just the weight, but the acne, the inability Everything. to sleep. That's a horrible drug. It's a tough drug. It's, it was a tough drug to be on as a, I was, for, the acne didn't affect me. Definitely sleep was a problem. Like, so lots of my, my systems weren't working very well. Right. Like I, like it, my, my body. 
body definitely wasn't happy. I like yeah. I like stories like this because it shows, you know, you, you said that your pain is, you know, your your pain point ends up becoming your your purpose. purpose. Yeah. And for anybody that's ever had a child that's 15 and oh, unhappy gosh. and anxious. It's so hard. You know, and then to see you take that and then become really this incredible brand where you really put yourself out there. If anybody gets a chance, look at a YouTube channel. There's videos of her on the toilet talking. Oh, yeah. It's really funny. It's awesome. I yeah. love it. And I get to be my Liza Minnelli, right? Because I get do. to do it but my own way, talking about poo. It's on so your perfect. Terms. So you're 15. You're going into high school. You finally get pulled off the drugs. What happened? Yeah. Well, well, then, then my life just suddenly becomes much better, right? But my anxiety is still there because that's not still not really being managed. And, you know, so, but I do lose weight. I'm, I'm, I'm looking better. I'm being accepted more, which is great when you're in high school. You know, I still had a lot of confidence issues, of course, because, you know, you spend the, the greater majority of your life at that time, you know, being unconfident, unhappy in who you are, anxious, you know, it's not, not a nice, nice, not a nice life. And then, you know, I, someone tells me to go into a beauty pageant. So this is, where I got the queen. So, and this is actually what helped to build me. It built me up. So I, you know, entered it in the hopes of, I didn't think I would win it because I didn't think of myself as attractive or anything or that I, I didn't, up until, like up until then, I didn't believe it, right? I didn't believe that I could achieve anything like that. Uh, I, but I could achieve the talent because I was very talented. I played the piano, I danced. So I went into the competition and, and I won the talent and I, oh no, I didn't win the talent. I won Miss Congeniality, which was like awesome to me because I was like, at least I won something. Something. How do and you win the miscongeniality? You're just part? really pleasant and nice person, like I am. I guess. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say if this was a Canadian beauty pageant, <laughs> yeah. where everybody's pleasant and nice, You're winning right. miscongeniality is a serious deal. That's right. Oh, that's a really awesome way to think about it. I need to think about it more that way. That's wonderful. Yeah, but, I mean, but, like you would almost think like in other. Yeah. Like if you were, I mean, I'm not, to, I don't want to single out a certain part of the United States, but no. in certain parts, all you got to do is just be like, say, hey, you won. <laughs> That's <laughs> instead, so awesome. Instead of flipping somebody off. There you go. But it, what, it, what ended up happening is I actually won it. And and me winning it, it was the first time I became a queen. And it's one of the reasons why my brand is also called Queen of the Thrones, uh, is that it just, it just built my confidence. So I just needed that one little vote of somebody else seeing the magic that I had inside of me. So that really changed my mindset, changed how. I was working and expressing myself as a person out here in this world. So that was really cool. And then, you know, it took me through travels. I started doing more pageants, more, 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 more of that. And, and then it came time to go into high school, into university. And I, I, my mother was like, go be the doctor, go be the doctor. And I was like, I'm not being the doctor. I don't want to be a doctor. Look what happened to me. I was taking pregnizone and I was like 180 pounds by the time I was like, you know, 13, like, I don't, I don't want to. I don't, I, I'm not going to go become a doctor and do that to anybody because that's what my, that's what my paradigm was. I looked at medical doctors at the time that they didn't help you, that they, they, they just gave you drugs that weren't good for you. And a lot of people think this, you know, you know, and I, 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 I so want to correct that because there's a time and a place for every single medicine. There's a time and a place for prednisone. You know, if the patient is assessed properly and they need them, right? Like in an acute flare up of Crohn's and colitis and you can't manage it, prednisone, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> this, is, this is what I, like my biggest problem is as a gastroenterologist is, having people that possibly have been mismanaged for a very long time. Yeah. And then they come in and they've got osteopenia and they're right. 30 years old and they've got all these other issues. They're morbidly obese. They've been on and off prednisone <sighs> and other options have not been discussed. So the way that I view prednisone is, is exactly that. It's a very powerful drug. Right. But you only want to be on it twice in yeah. your disease course. Yeah. 
once oh, to God, see if wow. you go into remission, the yeah. next one to say, okay, now that we pull you off for the second time, what are we going to put you on so that you Instead. don't have to go back on? Yeah. 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 I've seen that. And that's, that's, that's a great doctor. And that, and that's, that's what, there are so many great doctors out there, right? And it's like any profession, right? Like there's, you know, great naturopaths and there's not so great naturopaths and there's great doctors and not so great doctors and there's great lawyers. And I don't know if that works. For really? that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh, no, one, no, I, I know really good lawyers. Like I love my lawyer. <laughs> so, you know, like they're in all professions, it's like that. So you just have to search and find the one that really resonates with you and just, just, you need to listen for these key things, right? Like a doctor who is saying these things to you, like, you know, we'll try pregnisone, but that's a dangerous drug. Like it's not something that should, you should be on managed for years. Like I was on it for years. So I ended up instead going into uh, uh, languages and business. So that was where my school ended up really? taking me. Yeah. Because one thing I knew was that I loved talking and I loved people. And I figured, you know, one of the greatest platforms to do that would be business. And so that led me there. And then I ended up going into uh, actually, my first, very first job coming out of school was, it was completely aligned in the stars, was to work for a homeopathic pharmaceutical company from Germany called Heal. Called Heal. Heal. H-I-E-L? H-E-E-L. 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 And they are an unbelievable force in natural medicine. They created this product called Tromiel. It's no longer available in the United States. They, they pulled out. Um, but it was available. And people out there will understand. Well, if they've ever been in the natural world, they've heard of Tromiel. An excellent anti-inflammatory actually works very similar to a prednisone, but natural. It's it's an incredible thing. And it, there's no side effects to it. One so in Germany, things, it's number one. Yeah. So one of the things, like we, as we're uh, launching our Trontil in the EU and stuff. Oh my goodness though. So we, um, we have our own, uh, we got recognized in Canada. So we have our own. You were telling me that. That's great. Good. NPI number, whatever it is that you guys use. NPN, natural product number. Yeah. So we got our own NPN and then we were not expecting the added expense of having to translate everything into French. Oh yes. Bien sûr, il faut parler de français au Canada. (laughs) Yeah. So that one was, that was one of those non-budgeted type things. So we're in Canada now. We're bilingual. But dang, those Germans, they are strict. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Their quality control, Ooh. everything is just phenomenal. And that's great. I think that's fantastic. I think anything that we do in our life, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing with excellence. You know, and and I loved working for that company. I was so fortunate. You know, I was able to train with the best of best doctors in Europe and Germany and Belgium, you know, sports medical doctors, like gastroenterologists. It was just awesome. Like I got the opportunity to see the world um, from so many different places around the world. Where did you travel with that company? So I would go to Germany, I'd go to the United States, South America. It was just... It was just everyone. Those are the main main places, but it was it was phenomenal. Like what an experience! But what it did is it introduced me to other practitioners. So that's where I got my first flavor of what a naturopathic doctor was and a chiropractor. And then it opened up this whole new world to me of a different form of medicine. You know, a medicine that was inclusive, that really focused on, from what I knew, really focused on assessing the patient, right? Because we know up until where we're at, only what we have had experience in our lives. And my experience with the medical system was was one of not being well managed, you know, because even then later on in my in my teenage or, or sorry, adult years, when I started going on things like birth control, you know, I wasn't well advised on birth control and I, you know, to, went on a different pathway for that. So, so, so many, so many issues there, right? Like I was given Depo-Provera and Depo-Provera just actually aggravated a lot of my digestive symptoms. It also made me bloat at certain points of time. You know, it, it my period was messed up when I went off of it. So, you know, that was my perspective 
perception of, of medical system. But then when I saw naturopaths and chiropractors, I go, hey, there's different ways to do things. And there always is, right? How old, how old are you when you're so doing this? So at this time, this? I'm about 26 or 27. I'm about 26 or 27. And then I finally, like, just something inside me, one of my, I was back up in my hometown. I was, as that sales rep, I was speaking to a doctor, one of my good, good doctor clients. Um, and I was teaching him and training him all the methodology of what heal uh, taught, which was something called homotoxicology, the study of toxins within the human system. So it's so phenomenal. It talks about the you know how disease becomes manifests and how it how it reverses and how you know first signs of disease are things like discomfort or or, or discharge, right? Like if in our world it would be like mucus in our stools or or diarrhea, and then after that it becomes inflammation, and it's just like the the the, the different steps of the pathology of how you know, how disease manifests and how to reverse it. It was super phenomenally interesting. That's really cool. I yeah. mean, it, it's basically all, in in my opinion, all of disease really comes down to inflammation. If we can stop 100%. the inflammatory process, we can stop cells from being damaged and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, and I'm going to add, I'm going to add in stress because oh, in, yeah. in, I think to me, it's like a two, a two prong thing. I think people will have like, it'll either be the like, you know, chicken or the egg. It's they'll start with the stress and then the inflammation comes about or the inflammation starts and then they have more stress. So then it's just like, and then it's, you know, that snowball effect down the hill, the, that big snowball is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Have you ever seen a snowball? Living in doubt. <laughs> this is a side note. <laughs> a snowball. A snowball. It's, um, so basically two snowflakes will fall a year and there will be like 700 accidents. Oh, that's know? so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's very uh, – um, it, it'll it'll snow like once a year just kind of dusting and everything will just shut down. It'll just completely oh. shut down. It's just like with disaster mode. And, <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, but it's, it's – so it – Inflammation and stress are really, really key. And, you know, like if I look at myself and even just my history, like that that anxiety I was dealing with was full on stress. Like that was, of course, messing up my digestive tract, right? It was making making my digestion feel totally off. So I'm, I'm trying to move your mic yeah. here so that we can get a little better picture of the Queen of Thrones ah. here. So, you know, this is, the, the whole studio is in an adjustment. You know, this is 2-2, but everybody wants to see the beautiful... Oh. Doctor Queen of Thrones here, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so it it was a great introduction, and what an amazing methodology to learn. So I was training at that point, you know, naturopathic doctors who were top in their class, treating cancer, uh, G, like GI focused doctors. It was awesome. And what ended up happening is this doctor in my hometown said to me, he goes, "What are you doing being the sales rep? What are you doing?" He's like, "You need to go be the doctor." You need to go be the doctor. And again, it was one of those foundational points in my life. You know, someone believes in you and it's just enough, you know, gas in that engine to make you boom, right? Just jump on. So, and I, you know, when, when I get an idea and when he, when he planted that idea in my mind, that was it. I was like, I, I literally called the company the next day and said I was quitting. <laughs> oh my, you don't play around. Oh, do I don't play around. You know, when I know it feels right, it feels right. And that felt right. I just, I knew it a hundred percent. So what I what I did is my, the company actually wouldn't let me go that fast. So they actually prepared my journey to meet more doctors and really made it great. So then I went to naturopathic school at 28, but I didn't have my sciences because I'd done a business degree. So I actually had to like re get all my sciences done. So you know when you go back to school after you've been working, making money, you know, and you have to you have these 
big mountains you have to succumb, succumb to, right? Like I, I literally had like Everest. I had to go back and do my basic sciences. I had I had a lot to do, right? Luckily, there was ways I could do it faster and, and get my basic sciences. And I did that and I started school and I loved it. I was just like, this is where I need to be. I had to really focus on the sciences and get really in depth those first two few years because they were a little bit more challenging because I didn't have, you know, all the years of the science background that that, that other people did. And I went in as a mature student, but it was an amazing, an amazing experience. Has school always been easy for you? No, no, no. And you know why? So let me explain this. I'm brilliant. And I don't, I say that in the most humble way. I'm my, my superpower is really to be able to grab things at complex, complex ideas and simplify them. So I'm very fortunate in that way. Um, but because I didn't have confidence in myself, because of all my experiences as a child and what was happening, I, I wasn't excelling in school at all. And I don't think that the school system was meant for my mind and how my mind works. You know, like I, if, if a concept, if a, if a simple concept is skipped through and it jumps to the advanced concept without going through the basics, I get lost. So there was many times in like math class or such like fractions, I couldn't get my mind into fractions. I couldn't understand the concept of it, right? And so they jumped the next step and then I would be lost and my, my marks would, would, would be that way. So I had to work hard. So, so going back to school mm-hmm. would have been somewhat stressful for you. Very, very. Like, I mean, just the idea that I'm going to quit this job. Yeah. I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to revisit a lot of my insecurities. Uh-huh. Uh, and That's impressive. Yeah. And you know, too, the, and thank you for that. That means a lot. The, the, the impetus also to go back to school was also that I was like, you know what, I had been to see a lot of naturopaths and I had been to see a lot of doctors. And, you know, my GI specialist at the time was like, I'm sorry about your luck. There's nothing you can do. And I'm like, okay, well, thanks. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's not, you know, that's not the answer I want, but another, you know, another mismanagement. Always, yeah. The one that, I mean, I always joke around that everybody, all the patients that come to see me, and I'm sure you had this also, which is um, you go to the doctor you wake up from your endoscopy colonoscopy, and they're like, "Great news! It's all normal. You just have IBS." You just and then have, you oh, walk out, and you're like, "I still feel like shit." Exactly. What does that mean? Now exactly. I just have a label. Exactly, and you know, even with the naturopaths I had seen um, before going back to naturopathic school, they had, none of them had tested my food sensitivities, and they had just put me on these diets or my food intolerances, they just put me on these diets that actually made me feel worse. So I kept on like losing confidence in the entire system. And I was like, well, maybe I can go back and become a naturopath and I can figure it out for me, right? Because I was that determined because I'm like, there has to be a better way to live. There really has to be a better way to live. And, you know, and of course, you know, go back into school. It was challenging because I wasn't an excellent student, but I did become that. Um, but it did aggravate all my IBS symptoms. So during school, I was I was a mess again, right? I, and, and I had to work through it. I had to walk through it and try my best. And then finally someone tested my food intolerances and and my sensitivities. And the thing was this is that all the naturopathic and cleansing diets before that time were all based on rice and almonds. And, you know, you would take away the gluten and take away the dairy, but you'd still be eating the grains like the rice. And one of my big, I'm Spanish background, you know, guess what I've been exposed to the majority of of my life? You know, my gut is constantly being exposed to paella, maybe, and paella is made out of rice. And I have a, a, a very permeable gut because I'm suffering with IBS my whole life. So what, what, what food molecule is going to be elevated? And then, of course, the South American component where you're going to add a bunch of beans to it. So. 
<laughs> yep, love those beans too. Exactly, oh, man, right? I love me some paella. Oh man, oh. I love me my paella too. Um, but the thing was that I had to I had to be stay away from rice for a period of time because I was just over consuming it and it had become an intolerance to me. My body was overreacting to it. And that's like that's awesome, right? That I was able to figure that out through school. So that was one of the components. Super, like, what a great experience. I've been really, really blessed in my life. I'm so thankful for well, it. Well, it's, it's really cool. And I like hearing the background stories of somebody like you because you've over, although you've, you've been able to make changes, you make adjustments, you pivot, and then you make this life change. And then you revisit some of these insecurities, which only makes you stronger yeah. and only allows you to continue to grow as a person. Yeah. So then you get into naturopathic school. What was that like? Yeah. So it was a, a total shit show. I don't know. I'm not sure if I can say that word on here, but it- we, um, <laughs> yeah, no, this show, you can basically say anything. Oh, fantastic. I've been really like, you know, trying to be very prim and proper here, but I really wanted to bring we out my badass. The, um, yeah. When we were on the Spoonie Network. Um, or when we're, we're, we're still on the Spoonie Network. Um, oh, that's the label of the Spoonie right there. Awesome. So shout out to Ron and all those guys. But it was pretty funny because I was concerned about that also. Yeah. But you want to like be normal and everything. And so they're like, look, in our world, just do not say GD or the F word and I basically everything else. I love okay. it. Because I say shit a lot. Me? Know? Of course. I <laughs> Patients t- say shit a lot. Of to course me. they do. You know, my, my my first book coming out in the in the spring is called Oh Shit. I saw I cannot that. wait. Yeah, it's that super really exciting. Cool. But you know why I, wrote, I labeled it Oh Shit? Because Oh Shit was a, I used to say when I would be ready to ha- about to have an accident, I'd be like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> you know, like, and if you look at us, what we do is when we have a moment of anxiety, what do we say? Oh shit. Oh shit. Right? So that's the whole energy of it. So the book is going to be really great. I'm super excited for it. But I'm back in school. So I'm in school. But the, I, just to, just to oh, clarify, yeah, so yeah. that I saw that the title of the book it doesn't actually say shit. You do the yes, I do the little star. Yeah. I do, I do. I'm keeping it clean. You know, <laughs> the reality is, is that like Northern Ontario, you swear a lot. Like I grew up in Northern Ontario, like lots of truckers. Like we, and I don't want to stereotype yeah. anybody, but I just grew up in a place where I learned to swear a lot, right? So, and the majority of the words that I would swear with were shit, typically. So <laughs> that, and you know, and I like I like saying like I'm a badass because I am a badass. <laughs> you know, but it's, 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 uh, yeah, I, 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 I gotta keep it clean, you know, gotta, gotta do those things sometimes. <laughs> but so right now we're at a shit show, yeah. which we're, we're just kind of bouncing around. So I love, I, I, I've got a little ADD. Yeah. So yeah. I like bouncing around Me different too. ideas. So we just went forward in time. You got a book coming out. We'll talk about that. But now right. you're at the shit show called Naturopathic School or you're going into graduate school. Yeah. I mean, the school is phenomenal. Like the knowledge and education you learn is great. But you know what? It's the volume is a lot because like it's like we're talking like we not only have to learn everything that conventional doctors learn we also then have to learn what naturopathic doctors learn so the amount of material that we have to go through is incredible and that you're constantly being and i mean i'm sure medical school also is very stressful and it it takes its it takes a bit of life out of you, you know, <laughs> but what you get, regain amazingly afterwards. Um, but it was a lot, a lot to learn, a lot to learn at once. And so, and because, and because I, I had been in the past challenged in my learning, I, I would invest a lot more time than the average person would. So I was taking it to that next level because I really did, you know, when you go back, a lot of the people in my program were younger, you know, they hadn't lived, they hadn't worked. And, you know, a lot of them just cared about getting good grades on their exams. And, you know, it's a typical mentality of students. Well, it's a typical mentality of a graduate student. Of a graduate sure, student, right? they've worked that hard to get where they're at. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're amongst everybody else. So like in medical school, at least in 
medical school I went to, everybody was at the top of their class when they came from undergrad. That's right. And all of a sudden, to be the top of the class there, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's an ego blow. Is and it? a lot of people just view it as a badge. Like, I'm just going to learn this and crush this and do whatever. Right. But to actually realize, no, I'm learning stuff to apply to people later on. And that's the issue. It's hard to do. And then, like, I remember there was one girl who was, like, in a, we were in a, in a class, and she's, like, lifting her hand. She's like, can we just, like, know, like, what topics you are actually going to be testing? And I, I like, actually flicked her in the head. She, I was sitting behind her because I was like, I flicked her and she turned around. She's like, and I go, I go, you are going to be a doctor taking care of people's lives. Oh my goodness. That is a huge responsibility. And if they're not going to come in with just what you learned on the test, <laughs> I'm like, honey, you, and I could do it because I was an older, mature student, right? She was younger and we were friends and, you know, and she, and she loved me. So I got away with it. Um, but, you know, I said to her, I go, you know, you have a, it's an enormous responsibility to be a doctor. And, you know, I feel so honored and blessed and like you do too, Ken, I I know because we've had so many conversations like this. That is, I want to not to digress from this at all, but this is a great opportunity. I got um, yeah. our, our good friend Tony Yu. Yes, yes. Uh, just came out with his book and um, your book. I can't love, wait to read your yeah, book. Yeah, but Tony's awesome. Yeah, Tony's awesome. Love yeah. this guy. This whole book it's called Playing God, but it's basically exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and he brings up an example in there. Um, where there's this star resident, this star resident that's kind of competing with him about this plastic surgery, but Tony got uh, they went and took a test, yeah, and he did well on it, and then there was a medical emergency the next day, and he figured something out that, um, and he saved a patient's life, awesome. and the other resident didn't like like how'd you know how to do that? He's like, well, it was on the test, but it's all about studying to apply. It, exactly. And yeah. So. Yeah. Studying to apply. And it, it's so important, right? So I, I would definitely spend like, probably, I would say like my 82, gosh, probably 120 hours I would be, I would be studying or in school. So it was intense. And, you know, I really, I unfortunately really hurt myself in, in, in that, uh, <laughs> that time. And by the time I got to third year, moving into my fourth, my fourth, my residency year, I actually, I, I, I felt completely ill, like chronic fatigue. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was just, I was really, really stuck. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, and at that time, which was scary was that I was actually doing all the right things. I was eating all the right diets for me. I was taking all the right supplements. I was, you know, doing all the right things that I could do. And I, you know, had a really heartfelt conversation with my lovely mother who, you know, normally was one who just constantly pushed me forward, push, 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 push. But this was the time in my life where she said, you know what? It's time for you to rest and take the time that you need so you can get back to being you. I thought she was going to put you back on prednisone. No, no, thank God. No, my mom, my mom was always trying to get me onto witch's brews, right? It's like she was, she already had that Latin American, you know, let's do like the natural thing. <laughs> you know, I got some herb, yerba. So we can yerba. yerba. <laughs> yeah, no, I would, um, like I said, when I was studying in, the, in San Antonio, not uncommonly the whole, you know, yeah. the whole chicken eggs under the bed kind of yeah. thing. And, Whatever. <laughs> Absolutely, right? It's part of our culture and our tradition. It's so awesome. But and and you know what? And I did that. And but more more importantly than that, what I did was this. There had been something that was uh, recommended to me at, at every health food store I had gone to as a sales rep for that natural company, uh, every naturopathic doctor's mm-hmm. office, every chiropractor I had talked to, every every person I had been in contact with was something called the castor oil pack, and. I had said no, that I wasn't going to do it for the longest time, probably about 15 years at that point, um, because uh, it was messy. It felt like it was too much time. It was a hassle. It didn't make sense to me. I'm like, how can this thing that's like you pour castor oil, you know, which is, you know, what what 
you know, people are living in the Caribbean, people are like, oh God, don't give me castor oil because they, you know, take it weekly to, you know, purge so that they prevent their parasites, right? This kind of like a, tra- a, a cultural tradition. In Car- oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. in Caribbean islands. Yeah, Caribbean Indian Indian culture as well too. They do that weekly, one tablespoon castor oil to purge the gut, right? So so I was thinking like, I don't want to do that. Like, because I had a misconception of it. And, and how is cast an oil put on your body topically going to go in your body? And how is that going to work and help my gut? And, you know, just miraculously improve my IBS, right? I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I didn't believe it. That was my... I'm like, because I was also, you know, my sister's a dentist. So I also have that mindset where it's like, you know, I am very, very, very scientific and I am into the woo-woo. So I'm in, into both of them. Like, I don't want to call naturopathic medicine woo-woo. woo-woo but, like you know, the, uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It's like, you know, earth medicine and like the herbs and the, the homeopathy and all these different things, like just different tools. Mindset. These are all different tools. And I think they just were, I think they work so good together with science. Like, like with science. And these tools are now, like the natural things are also getting a little bit more science in behind them, which is excellent. And, and experience helps too. But I had to figure out uh, something different. I needed to do something different. So then what I said to myself was this, you know what? I am going to try that that castor oil pack. I don't care if it's a shitty mess or whatever. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if it's going to help me. Now, wait a minute. What were your symptoms that you were experiencing at this time? Well, it was it was severe chronic fatigue, in, in, including like constipation, alternating with diarrhea. So I, I had mono antibodies. So I was, you know, and 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 stress. Honestly, like I think to me, I think really the biggest problem was just that it was stress. Like that the stress was just so enormous, and that I was putting so much pressure on myself to be the best that I could be, so that I could be the best doctor because I wanted to be. No, I need. No, I'm. I needed to be the best doctor ever because this was super important to me because of what had happened to me as a child. So what I I like getting the history of this and I like listening to your struggle because people don't see that and what they do is they'll go on your YouTube video and say oh she's got it all together she's this so beautiful amazing woman. perfect <laughs> like yeah and people don't realize that you you had kind of a difficult childhood you turned Huge. around and then in your quest to become a really good doctor you destroyed yourself I, yeah people don't realize that that's the kind of effort that's the kind of mentality it takes to become the queen of thrones yeah and all people see is this amazingness yeah exactly you know what 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 we are what was the quote this weekend one of my friends said it's like you know people see in the one minute of success what people have been doing behind the scenes for like 10 years right or from in anyone's case it's like their lifetime before that like everything that is created who they are up until this moment right now. There's, right? there's a saying in the entrepreneurial world, it only it only took 10 years to be an overnight success. <laughs> that's right. Exactly that, right? Like, and that's the thing is that, you know, it's like every, like everything I look in my life, everything that I, that every journey, every, every, every shitty point, you know, those shitty points are so bad. And now I get to, I'm so happy I get to swear. This is like awesome. <laughs> Whole new world. <laughs> you know, all those points, they're all part of your journey and they're have, so important. Do you, you have, have any to honor favorite them. Spanish swear words? Uh, no, because my mother wouldn't really, I know my mother wouldn't really like teach us that. Right. And so, because we were in Northern Ontario and there weren't too many Spanish people, we never got indoctrinated with, with, you know, any of the Spanish swear words. My parents were very clean. So we did. <laughs> I mean, maybe the worst one would be like, hijo de puta. <laughs> and 
I feel bad when I say it. I'm like, my mom's like, no, yeah. don't say that, right? Yeah, we're going to send a, a clip of that to your mom. Oh, no. <laughs> She's seen it. She's up in heaven already. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, she passed away you... this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, we can. Yeah, totally. So my mom, you know, she she's also a big driver in why I do what I do because of her suffering with constipation. And, you know, I truly wish that she would have dealt with her constipation earlier on and, and had the availability of better doctors to be able to, to get better. Because, you know, w- people who have constipation for their lives, especially women and overweight, then they tend to be highly likely to get some type of hormonal breast, hormonal cancers, right? Like breast cancer, right? You have all this weight, you know, constipation. It just, it just, it's something that can happen very easily. And, you know, my mother's, you know, was one of my very first cancer patients actually, but fortunately she beat stage four breast cancer. She beat it. She did stage four? Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. She did a, comp- a mix of we were so fortunate. We actually like were very personal, close personal friends with the oncologist at our hospital because they'd actually kind of given her up. Nothing's really going to happen. But we were able to get her breast removed. We were able to like do both chemo and and radiation. And then she she you know souped it all up with adding in all the natural stuff on the side with naturopathic medicine. And she did awesome. And she survived ten years. Whoa. 10 years. And then what ended up happening was a, was a, a stroke, was a hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic stroke out of the blue. Oh. But, you know, we got 10 more years, which is amazing. And, you yeah. know, you know, but if she still, like, to this day, if she had worked better on, on being, I, I think, being better at her bowels, when you're better with your bowels, your life is simply better. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just the way it goes. You feel better when you poop better, right? Like, there's no... Well, I think that uh, and you have a... If you... Uh, Go to your website. You've got the Fifty Shades of Pooh. I love that. Yes, my your Fifty little, Shades of Pooh. My yeah. nasty little secret. <laughs> yeah, your little, so she's got her Fifty Shades of Pooh, which you kind of talk about that. that really, um, when we see how people are digesting, a, a lot of that actually can come down to as a kind of a window into what's happening in 100%. your body. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so I'm so sorry that your mom died this Thanks, year. Thanks, Cam. Yeah. You know, it, it has been definitely a huge journey and and a lot of, it has brought up a lot of different things because she was truly the biggest believer in me, you know, and so to lose that force and behind in me, but I haven't lost her and that's the thing. Truly, like she's actually here constantly and like I feel her presence completely and so I feel guided by her and and her passing actually just makes me makes me must have this and help more people more you know because my goal is to actually reach a billion people and I will do that this is a must in my life and and the reason why is because you know 20% of our population actually deals with like constipation or some form of digestive like problems that's a billion people around the world oh it's huge like, it's huge in the in certain countries it's really interesting because when you look at different countries that have digestive issues it really is the western world and now as other countries become more westernized they're starting to develop these same things latin america latin america i mean brazil is one of the largest ibs populations also yeah yeah u.s brazil and then we have these different countries and so you know we've always been taught that 20 percent of the u.s population has irritable bowel syndrome and there's that is my explanation as to why we have this huge increase in autoimmune disease and all these other things. Yeah. So. Oh, and the thing, what's really cool is this. So I found stats on constipation. It's 14% in North America, 21% in Latin America countries, wow. 7.8% in Asian countries. 
so it just goes to show, right? Like, and you know, Latin America, like I could say that being a Latin American is that it is, it is definitely getting corrupted with a lot of the North American, like the sad diet, like the standard American diet is really infiltrating into the that. sad diet, standard American diet. I did, have never thought about that. Yeah. Mm. Right. Like, cause it's like, I mean, you know, and not all Americans are a sad diet, right? Many of us are like, I feel like I'm an American. <laughs> Many Americans do live a good and healthy lifestyle, right? But there are those people who are eating a lot of packaged processed, you know, fast food, and that's the majority of their of their diet. And and that's the type of diet that will really, you know, like de- be a detriment to your system. And you know, Latin American countries are, are are taking that all up as well too. You know, and I think just just sometimes too they do eat a very starchy diet, and heavy starches also can be a problem for constipation. So that could be a thing too. But it's it's a, it's really interesting, and this is a must for me now. Like really, I want to help people because my mom's passing. I know I probably would have gotten another. 10, 15 years had her constipation not be a problem and then her not having cancer and not having those those struggles to go through in life. How did your sister handle it? My sister is so interesting. You know, she couldn't even watch her pass. Which, well, she ended up coming into the room to watch her pass, but she didn't want to. And I found that very interesting because, you know, she's a, a healthcare professional as well, too, but she's a dentist, so she doesn't necessarily deal with death and dying. You know, I've seen quite a few patients, death, death, and I've been at their bedside for death and dying with my cancer patients. Um, so I'm, I'm more used to it, so I could deal with it. But my sister... Uh, it keeps on going. That's what she does. <laughs> so I'm the a little bit of the emotional wreckage, you know, that like falls apart and is like, you know, crying for months on end. I actually took a sabbatical from clinical practice for six months. Six months. Yeah, I'd never done that again uh, before. But I just need I needed time because that was that was an important. Uh, uh, it's 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 one of the hardest things that you deal with when you lose a parent. Right, like, like the only other thing that I think could be worse would be to lose a child, you know, because you never want your children to leave before you. But losing a parent is just detrimental. But it, it it has also given me a lot of strength, so I feel very honored to have been on that journey with her. Yeah, I lost my dad when I was twenty one. Oh boy. before I went into medicine, but um, wow. But I always find it interesting when medical people um, have to deal with death or illness and you you know you just start looking at things a little bit differently huge differently and it, it's funny we couldn't do anything for my mother we had no there was nothing to save her in this stroke being hemorrhagic like it was just like she was just bleeding like they could have gone, gone into her brain but we said you know what are we gonna like that's not gonna be good quality of life we don't even know she'd come out and she would be a vegetable and we, we figured you know this is her time and and what I did see in my sister was this is that her and I both tried to become the doctors when our mom got the stroke stroke right and but I I, I not so well because I get too emotional. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to treat family. Like you can't do it when it's too close to you, right? But my sister got into like doctor mode, right? She wanted to see the scans. She wanted to see this. And I'm like, thank God, at least you can do that. And I'll I'll be the emotional support. You go be. <laughs> so we're a good team that way. So thank God. That's awesome. Yeah. So getting back to when yeah. you finally discovered this castor oil pack. Yeah. So what did it do for you? Well, immediately I started sleeping better. And immediately I started noticing that my my bowel movements were better, better formed. I'd have them a little bit more frequently, or when I did have them, I'd actually go more. So I'd have more eliminate all at once. So I was pretty impressed with that. And then I, and then, you know, of course I was also doing other things. I was getting IV therapy. I was I was doing other things as to, on top of that. Um because I wanted to get better and I wanted to get back into my life, right? I felt like I was having to take a big pause and a break and I wasn't happy with that. And I really wanted to be back in the joy of what I was learning. 
women doing. And so I started, I committed to myself to do these packs every single night because I wanted to feel better. And that's what I did. And, 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 and I thought I would have to take a lot more, but I only ended up having to take one little semester and I got right back into the groove of things. And honestly, I feel that it was the castor oil packs that really did something different for my body. And, and what I ended up learning and researching years later was that it, it, of course, it works on the digestive system and on the guts and on inflammation. Like castor oil is a well-known, you know, topical anti-inflammatory. It does all those things. But what it did more than ever, than anything was that it changed my stress state. It moved me from being in the stressed, sympathetic, you know, hardcore, constantly wired to be stressed out. And it moved me into the paused state, which is like the parasympathetic and the relaxed state. And I think that above and beyond everything is what I needed more than anything. And I needed to be able to sleep better so that I could I could heal better at night, right? Because I wasn't healing good at night because I couldn't sleep, right? I would spend hours just like in my mind. I think that that is, it's really interesting. And I want to geek out yeah, let's geek about, out. about castor um, oil. Uh, I'm not very familiar with it and yeah. certainly the topical application of it and done a little bit of reading about it, but what's, let's get back to the whole stress aspect. It is so fascinating that I have so many people that'll go through a profoundly stressful period mm-hmm. and then develop a significant disease. It's almost like insult yeah. to injury. Yeah. I'll have people to go through a bad divorce and then they'll show up with Crohn's. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, what? There has to be some sort of correlation to all of this. 100%. With the cortisol and just these inflammatory markers that are all going up. And then don't even get me started. I think that the three pillars of health our, our gut, brain, and sleep. Oh. Basically, we need to make sure that we decrease the inflammatory process in our brain. We need to protect the gut, and you got to sleep. See, I, I say eat, sleep, poop. That's <laughs> <laughs> but the brain isn't there for sure. I think the brain is just an extension of the gut, honestly. It <laughs> is. That's oh, my, that's my got, perception of it. I've got, um, I've got a, uh, a talk that I give and quite a bit of data where I can actually show that they have taken. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of a lot of traditional doctors will not discuss leaky gut. Yeah. And you know, but if you say, oh, it's intestinal permeability, maybe that'll be a little bit more. But it's really well known, and they're documenting this. And people say there's not science. I've got thousands of articles documenting a lot of this. Something really wild, and this is how I end up telling my patients. I'm like, look, they did a study where they took a human digestive tissue and yeah. they put it with inflammatory markers I and then they it. checked the permeability of it Yeah, and they actually showed that different things like zonulin like leaked through and stuff and then they had different awesome. sizes. Yeah. So there, that's an in vitro study. Then they I took the blood brain barrier. Ooh. Same exact inflammatory markers and they, they showed that the blood brain barrier becomes leaky. So we've got leaky gut, leaky brain. It's all tied together. All tied together. And then, then so this is the thing too, talking about cortisol, is that the research that I've looked at is, is mainly, I've, my focus has been a lot on the stress component and cortisol. And, and my research has shown that whenever the ele- there's an elevated level of, of cortisol, your gut is impermeable. So it goes, play, it plays completely together. Is that, you know, like it's that inflammation back to the chicken and egg we were talking about earlier, not the chicken under the bed, but the chicken and the egg, right? <laughs> the chicken and the egg where it's like, it's we, you get inflammation first and then you get stress or you get stress and then you get inflammation. So it that's that that whole that's what's playing out there with that. All right. Now yeah, let's cool. start geeking out. You yeah. are now gonna become teacher to me. Absolutely. So, Love castor it. oil, um, you on your website you have it uh, is a castor oil pack that yeah. you wear. Yeah. So just 
Tell me, just teach me. Just teach me. I'll I don't, teach you. I don't know shit about castor oil. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to show you how to shit with castor oil. All right. <laughs> but not orally. <laughs> so we all know, like castor oil, of course, you know, that's it's 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 approved by Health Canada. It's approved by the FDA um, orally for use to for bowel movements, right? And for constipation, right? And actually, at the turn of the century, castor oil was one of those oils that was, you know, everywhere in all the little, like, apothecary pharmacies, right? And they would use it along with, like, things like Ipecac and those old, those old herbs. So castor oil is super cool. Um, castor oil actually is a plant of vegetable, uh, a vegetable plant. Oh, I love some water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a, a vegetable plant. And this vegetable plant, actually what's so cool about it is that the bean will kill you, but the oil that is extracted from it will heal you. So the bean is actually used in like uh, warfare. It's like a biological uh, weapon that it'll kill you. It'll uh, stop your DNA replication and it'll kill you within like six hours. If you take enough of a dose, the, the whole bean, like, the, the like, bean. like if you just eat it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the bean, the bean could kill you. So it's and you, like so many of my patients have seen it on like CSI, and they're always like, "Oh my god, I heard that on CSI about like the castor bean. It's like a biological warfare. It's it's neat, but the oil when it's extracted and cold pressed, it doesn't contain the component that kills you, which is the ricin component. So yeah. Oh wait, ricin. Ricin, yeah, that's from castor castor bean. Oh yeah, so, I had no idea. Yeah, so ricin is a it kills you, right? It kills your your it like oh yeah, receptors. It's, a, it's a potent neurotoxin. Ricin yeah. comes from the castor bean. Castor wow. bean, yeah, okay. ricin comes from the castor bean. So so the castor oil, though, however, does not contain that. But how castor oil actually, like, if you were to take a spoonful of castor oil um, to actually have a bowel movement, what ends up happening is it's not the people think that it's the ricin that makes you you know have explosive diarrhea. That's not the way it works. Castor Castor oil stimulates nitric oxide production within the gut. Nitric within, oxide nitric production, oxide production yeah. within the gut, which nitric oxide, of course, is healing. Of course, you know that stimulates well, peristalside. And it's a uh, speak to me about it about nitric oxide. Oh, nitric oxide. That's uh, that. So nitric oxide. The reason why I'm super interested into it. We know that that is the uh, molecule that, that stimulates vasodilation, which yeah. increases blood flow. And yeah. so we're real big in nitric oxide because we have been working with some sports medicine people with Atrantil. Yeah. And um, here, hold on. Uh, once again, plug Atrantil, sponsor of the show. I got my hands on it. <laughs> Um, so what, as it turns out, the polyphenols in there, yeah. um, they actually have been shown to increase nitric oxide. So for sports recovery yeah, and it decreases reactive, uh, nitrogen species, and reactive awesome. oxygen species. So, awesome. so See, we're, so we're super big about nitric oxide. Me also. too. So, and this is what castor, one of the actions of castor oil does. And, and so, which is, uh, which is amazing. And nitric oxide is also, you know, in other research, they're using it as antimicrobials. Um, so there's some really neat, neat, neat research and they actually use it on catheters and such, they'll they'll put nitric oxide on it in order to help reduce uh, infection really? rates. Wow. Yeah, it, it, there's a, there's really neat, neat neat information coming out with nitric oxide. And of course, it's a you know gasotransmitter of the digestive system as well too. But the nitric oxide is one of the mechanisms of action. But there's also um, castor oil also stimulates prostag- uh, PGE three production, and it's it it, it it touches onto the receptors in the gut that create peristalsis. So that's how it gets your yeah your, PGE three is mm-hmm. a smooth muscle receptor. 100%, exactly. Yeah. So it so it creates a peristalsis and smooth muscle of the body if you take it orally, so in the digestive tract, but then also in the uterus. So that's why there's a contraindication. So don't use castor oil if you're pregnant unless you are 
inducing a baby and you've been, you know, your midwife or someone has recommended to do that. So, because castor oil will stimulate any smooth muscle in the body oh, to go okay. to the bathroom. So uterus is the other smooth muscle of the body. Um, that's So that's the mechanism of action to go, to go to the bathroom. Then castor oil topically has been compared to capsaicin, which is like hot, red hot chili pepper. And red hot chili pepper is known as a very good anti-inflammatory. The only problem with it is it makes it red and a bit burning. It's called a rubefacient effect, right? It gets it gets really, really reddened the skin when you put Rubefacient. Rubefacient, yeah. Right? That's a, it, it, that's a big word. I didn't I learn that it. in medical school. No, well, rubefacient. hey. Rubefacient. These Canadian natural paths are smart. We are smart. <laughs> so that reddening is uncomfortable for people, right? And then, and of course, you know, like think about it. You get like chili pepper on your fingers or your hands. What happens if you get it close to your eye? It's like burn. So you don't want that. But castor oil has the same effect in terms of like reducing edema, reducing inflammatory markers, um, and not and and not uh, oh, also reducing substance P. So your pain perception is reduced with castor oil topically, and it's it's an amazing so oil. Is this, so it does this topically. So mm-hmm. like if it, but that. Um, you had a systemic effect. So how yeah. does that happen? When I love you put it. Something on topically. So it has to do with the resinol so the triglyceride chains in the oil of castor oil. So castor oil is composed of mainly something called resinolaic acid, which is unique and only available in castor oil. And then, hold on, let me continue. And then olive oil is another percentage of it, which is about maybe like there 10% of it is olive oil or oleic acid, the triglyceride chain. And the and another portion of that 10% is linoleic acid. So you got your omega-6. So, so, you, so you got omega-9s and you got omega-6s in there. So the oils are there. They do not have to be hydrolyzed or broken down by the body to get the resinoleic acid? No. So because, so look what happens here. So resinoleic acid is like, it's 90% of the oil oil. And it actually has a molecular weight of 258 Daltons. In dermatological medicine, a substance needs to be a molecular weight which is lower than 500 Daltons in order to permeate through the dermis and the stratus corneum, which is like the, the, you know, the, the barrier, right? The barrier layer of the skin of the epidermis so that you can get into the dermis. So castor oil has the ability to actually permeate through the epidermis and to be in the dermis and then to be driven systemically through the body because in the dermis you have circulation, you have the lymphatic system and all that. So it's one of the only oils that has that permeability of the, of the epidermis. It's super cool. So that, so that is really, really fascinating. Yeah. This is, um, I did find an article. There's oh, one neat. thing I want to ask you about. Yeah. So one article in 2011 yeah. was trying to determine how much of it actually gets absorbed. And what they were looking at was a metabolite called epoxy decarboxylic acid in the urine. Mm -hmm. And in this particular study, they showed that there was an increase compared to the, there was an increase in the oral ingestion, not in the topical. Not in the topical, yeah. So what, because clearly you've seen success with this. 100%. And and you and I have talked. I mean, I'm the first one to sit there and admit that just because the research doesn't exist doesn't mean that it's not effective. Yeah. And I think that when we last met at the meeting, one of my big passions is trying to get my group, Digestive Health Associates of Texas, Digestive Research Institute, DRI, and I keep calling them out that I want them to start doing research on natural things just so that we're not just always taking a check from from Big Pharma because they're the ones that can afford to do this. But it does does take money and it does 
you know, the two yeah. studies that we did with Altrontil, you know, I had to fund myself. And yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, and I've done that too. Like I funded one in, one in my clinical practice. You know, I always look at that study and I don't know the answer to that because I've just seen so much benefit. And I mean, like I wear a castor oil pack every night and the oil, like there's very little oil left on me. Really? Yeah. Like, so I've done just on... On a quick note, I've yeah. played games with different things oh, that are cool. supposed to be topical. Yeah. And I'll take um, tegaderm is that a non-permeable sticky thing that you can dress when we yeah, with. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll take like topical um, hydrocortisone or Benadryl or things that are supposed to be, and I will put it on and I will wake up and that same amount is still on my arm. Interesting. It didn't get absorbed at all. Yeah. And well, if you look too, like like most creams, like uh, uh, medicine creams, like God, there's so many. Castor oil is a base ingredient and I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they put it in there for the perm- for the permeability. It's one of them. I think that they w- if they would have more castor oil, it would help with it. The reason castor oil can do it is because on that ricinoleic acid chain, on the 12 carbon, you've got you've got alcohol group. And so then that makes it a different flexibility, different molecular weight. It makes it a bit available in the to move around in different in different systems. So I don't know the answer why the metabolite didn't 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 replicate at, when from a castor oil pack to oral consumption of castor oil. There must be some type of me- mechanism of action in the body where it, it is changed and there's a different metabolite. Either that or that it it isn't going directly through the digestive tract. Right, it's coming in and working through the body. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say that if you're looking at the direct metabolite that probably had first pass metabolism through the liver, exactly. There's yeah. different. There's different methods of excreting different things. There's, um, I've seen drugs where they go, oh, it doesn't get absorbed. But the reality is what you're looking for is not the drug. There's probably metabolites. Of some sort that we and sort that we don't that even know. For. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my, my feeling is for sure. Because I've seen, you know, it's to the point in, this, in my practice where I, the first prescription I give is the castor oil pack now. Like where before I'd be like, mom, I wonder if they would be willing to do it. You know, now I'm like, no, boom, first thing you're doing. Because I've seen, like I can, like, and I know when patients aren't doing them because they're not doing as well as they should be doing this according to my track records and my results, right? Because what castor oil packs do is they really support the system and, and and those base problems, the pillars of disease, which are, you know, digestion not being good, right? Like low digestive enzymes, um, you know, not absorbing your food well because your gut is permeable, right? Or and not pooping well as well too, right? That's a base pillar of health. If you don't have digestion, absorption, elimination working well, you're 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 lacking on a base pillar of health. The other pillar is antioxidants. So like your polyphenols and atrantil, that's really important to get into your system. You know, castor oil also serves as a way to ingest oral oils. If you think about it, for people who have, you know, gallbladder problems, right? If you have a gallbladder problem, you, you you are lacking on essential fats in your body, right? You just can't absorb them. Your body does not absorb them well. Why not take them topically, right? Yeah. So even though there's not a whole lot of literature out there, um, in your clinical practice, what yeah. would you say that the effectiveness is? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, on the, the global health scale, let's call it that. Yeah. So a lot of times it's not how many, so all the studies that are always being done, it's, there was a study that just came out in 2019 looking at how, um, giving castor oil to people that do what's called a capsule endoscopy. So we do something yeah. where I'll have you swallow a capsule yeah. and if it doesn't go all the way through, it's an ineffective exam. And what they realize is by giving castor oil, you had better excretion without changing the visibility awesome. of this. Awesome. So when we use different things. So in your clinical practice, which much like me, where I think that that carries a, quite a bit of a weight, quite a bit of weight, just because it hasn't made it into the literature yet. It's only because 
you're a super busy person. You're here in Dallas. You're going to be hopping on a flight here That's soon. Right. <laughs> you're going to be flying around, and people are like, well, you know, doctor, why isn't there more literature? Well, it's because yeah. people like you out there in the front line are actually freaking working. That's right. I'm trying to get, and, and, I'm, and I'm loving my work. And I'm, I don't feel I'm busy. I feel I'm living my best life ever. I want to make sure I reframe that because <laughs> I don't want to be a busy person. I want to be living my best life. Um, but uh, Castor, I mean, there's so many things we could talk about here. It is like in clinical practice, it's And it's not only the castor oil in the castor oil pack that has the effect, because the pack actually has a bit of an effect, too. Okay. So, so we, this is the we, thing. We keep saying this pack, and, okay. and it's somebody, everybody's going to eventually go and get on your I website. I brought it. It's in my bag gonna, over there. Yeah. They're going to go ahead and look at it, but yeah. I see that you have pictures of yourself doing it and yeah. all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the things is what in the heck is a castor oil pack? We've been talking this whole time. I know. So I've, you've got me convinced that castor oil transdermally can be good for you. Yeah. We're, you know, we're sitting here looking at this and then, uh, now I'm like, okay, I want to get one. What is it? How do I do it? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Messy, whatever. So uh, maybe a few more things before. Should I get into that, or should I talk a little bit more about what castor oil does? Because there's still more stuff about just castor oil. Tell me oil. more about castor oil. Let's okay, let's finish that up, and then we'll go from there. We'll round it out. So, so you get so so you have the ability for like essential fats topically. Does that work? We're not the, the research. I'm not sure if they're absorbing it completely, but hey, it's, well, why not? If they're not getting oral oral fats, try a different way. Um, then inflammation. So we know it'll work on the inflammation pillar of health, right? Because inflammation is purposeful. I love inflammation if it's in the right quantity, because in the right quantity, it's going to help the body heal, right? It, it helps stimulate fibroblasts. It helps, you know, change tissues. If And a little bit, it's good. Too much, then you got wildfires like California, bad news. We don't want that. That is, so the term, what I always tell everybody, I mean, do, what do you think working out is? What do you think sauna is? Exactly. It's a little bit of inflammation. Right. Polyphenols do the exact same thing. Yeah. It's a term called hormesis when your body adapts. Love it. Love it. So good. And then also after that, then there's the, what's super important, which is the stress. And castor oil packs help with the stress. And the oil, it's, the, it's not the oil's effect. It's actually the pack effect that helps us to modulate your stress and put, move you into a parasympathetic state. The pack itself does. Yeah. So it's not even the oil. Yeah. It's not even the oil that moves you into the relaxed state. It's actually wearing a compress. So... And, and it, this has everything to do with neurology and really understanding like the nervous system and triggers and receptors on the skin. So when you wear a compress that and, and the material needs to be soft, so my castor oil packs, the material on the inside is incredibly soft. And there is research on this on PubMed. You're going to love it. Like it's, it has to do, the, the research was done predominantly for like skincare companies, understanding like the tactile perception and what parts of the brain get lit up when you use different things like velvet on your skin or, or rough things on your skin. It's that's, really, it's that's fascinating. fascinating. It's like, super fascinating. I was just, I was at a meeting and a CEO of a company that um, develops um, weighted blankets. Yeah. Have you heard of those? Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. like supposed to calm you down yeah, for yeah, yeah. anxious kids and stuff like that. Yeah. So so the work, uh, uh, someone who's very popular and doing a lot of work with this is Temple, Temple Templeton Grandin. She created the hug machine for autistic patients oh. and it had everything to do, it, it basically when, when when certain receptors are, are stimulated, so when you wear a pack over your abdomen, specifically like over your liver, you're stimulating uh, some uh, visceral somatic reflexes from the re- receptors like Merkel's receptors, pressure receptors all these different types of receptors that are in the skin that then communicate to the parasympathetic ganglion to stimulate that area in a parasympathetic movement. So you then, you, it's almost like an, uh, an escape button on your computer moving your body into the relaxed state via neurofeedback mechanisms from wearing a, a funky little cloth on your belly. That is awesome. <laughs> Isn't that super cool? It's, it just dawned on me as we're geeking out here. I've, oh. This is like a... Um, 
like when Rhonda Patrick goes on Joe Rogan, yeah. she'll go down like rabbit holes like this. And then it's it. really cool. It's so yeah. cool. But that's that's like super neat, right? So that's why I'm like, you know, even now in my life, like I really try to always find really soft, beautiful material because what it does, it actually stimulates the limbic area of your brain. And the limbic area is your primordial part of your brain, but it's also where you can stimulate dopamine and feel good substances. Like you, and, and bonus, you stimulate oxytocin. And oxytocin is super important for feeling good and also, you know, your body working well, right? It's a connection molecule. And when oxytocin is stimulated, your cortisol goes down as a reflex. Oxytocin, the, the, love. the love. And connection yeah. hormone. Yeah. Isn't that not That would amazing? make sense that if somebody developed a hug machine that you can start stimulating the oxytocin. So the pack itself. Does that. The physical application. Of the pack in see, the that's area. that's really cool. And then I think that something like that, just educating to tell people that um, not only are you potentially getting this medication in there, but we're going to work on you know, changing your whole neural process. There's, yeah. We're working with a company called Brain uh, FM. Cool, yeah. Uh, and uh, Dan Clark, we're going to get him down on the show at some point. But they, what they do is they use binaural beats. That's so cool. And they can actually get different parts of the brain to light yeah, up. Yeah, I've done focus, that. It's so awesome. Down. Yeah. yeah. So this is just a field of science that is just, we're, it's just in its infancy. Well, we don't even know the potential of our brain and our nervous system, right? But what we do know is that our nervous systems are on high stress. And we need to practice the relaxed pause state. And that was my biggest problem when I was sick was that I was constantly in stress mode and I had no idea how to relax. And the, you know that's why the first time I did the castor oil pack, I actually felt so calm. I had no idea what that calm sensation was because I don't think I'd felt it before. And that's why I slept well that night. It was like such an eye-opening experience for me. But the pack is partly what does that. And that's that stress mechanism that we have to... And, and honestly, the thing is this, if you look at things that really reduce your stress in your life... Like, so if you do exercise, exercise is great, but it also creates stress. So that's not always the best one. Yoga is a good way. Massage therapy will do this as well, right? So because let's talk massage. about that just super quick. Yeah. Look how many marathon runners have heart attacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because exercise. It's because that continual stress. Exactly. You, you need to give your body a break. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of stress, recover. Stress, recover. Stress, recover. Exactly. So, so you know, you, can't, you can use uh, stress to feel good or like exercise to feel good and, you know, pump up those endorphins, but it's not going to push you into a relaxed pause state, the one that you're looking for, for healing. Going for a massage will do that, which is awesome. But let's face it, how often can you go for a massage? Like, you know, I I would do it, you should do it every day because you should be relaxed every day. You should be training your body like an Olympian athlete to relax every day, you know, but you can't go to the massage therapist every day. And then there's, it's true. I'm thinking of it. Well, well, right now in my life, I can't go every day, but very shortly, I'll have my massage therapist (laughs) with me. On the way over here, I was listening to... To um to a comedy station. Yeah. There's a comedian named John Mullaney. Yeah. And he was talking about how he was trying to relax. And so I went to go have a massage. And she said, undress to your comfort level. And he goes, So I put on a nice fluffy sweater and some corduroys. It was the most <laughs> relaxing massage I've ever had. I just think I that's love funny. That. That's go, super funny. Yeah, you know, because for a lot of people, actually, massage can be very stressful. If they've got some body issues, they don't yeah. want to they want don't want to undress. And there's a lot of things that go associated with that. Absolutely. And yeah. plus your comfort level is there, if there's been trauma in the past, you know, for them it could be an experience for they don't sure. want to go down. Are you into meditation? Absolutely hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, like it's that's that's another way you can do it. So that's so so doing practicing meditation helps. So that's another way, and and we want to be doing meditation daily. This is yeah. going to drive my wife nuts. So I'm always I'll now I'm having podcast guests, but usually I'll listen to a podcast and I'll just Amazon stuff. So now 
Um, I've got my little infrared sauna at the house. I'm going to be it. sitting there with my binaural beats, meditating while wearing my castor pack. You can totally do castor it in a sauna. Pack, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The Queen of Thrones castor yeah, oil pack. It's awesome. <laughs> well, it's it's such a, you know, to me, it's a foundational treatment. And to me, it's like, and, and the thing with these castor oil packs, too, is that, you know what? They've been around forever. They've been around since the beginning of time. So this is one of those things I wanted to ask you, which is... And I, I feel your pain yeah. because this is why you're out there yeah. on this on on the beat, on making my mission, videos, making on your mission, happen. coming on shows like it's this, happening. talking about it. Yeah. It's the same thing with Altron Teal. Why yeah. when people finally get it, they're like, Why haven't I heard about this before? And you're like, eh. Because exactly. there's a lot of white noise out there. Yeah. How do you cut through it? So how are you gonna reach these billion people. So I'm uh, working with so many different influencers, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, you know, I'm really going to the people because I feel that this is a, this is a base practice that all of us need to be doing, you know, like, like this is something that I, I feel if everyone was doing a castor oil pack, if everyone understood like everything that their poo was saying about them, they, I would, I would probably be out of a job, honestly, because they would have all the tools to understand their body and know what to do to make themselves better. Right. Because if you understand what your poo is really saying about you and if you if you're doing like base foundations like castor oil packs like your system is in a lot better shape of course you have to eat well and you know you got to be you know focused on that as well too you can't be eating you know that sad standard american diet and expect to not be at the doctor's office but <laughs> but i would be out of a job right because it, it it sets that foundation so strongly and if you look at history like history is really great like hippocrates loved castor oil and would use castor oil galen you know hippocrates was the father of medicine you know, they would use castor oil and castor oil packs. Um, Galen would use castor oil and castor oil packs. Cleopatra loved castor oil. Traditional Chinese medicine back in the day, they would use castor oil packs on inflamed joints. Ayurvedic practitioners. Like, it's just, it's permeated our entire life. It's, it's super interesting because there's other things that I'm getting into now that when I start looking at the science behind it that have been around a long time. Yeah. like. And some things have been completely bastardized that yeah. they've just become neutral. One of the things I'm looking at is like aloe vera. I'm revisiting aloe vera. Very cool. Because um, I didn't realize that when it became completely industrialized and it's a Walmart product and stuff, it, the stuff that's on the shelves is is really nothing. It's yeah. just water. Yeah. And then you start looking at, um, well, CBD. I'm a big CBD fan. You start looking at the, at the hemp culture and how long it's been around. Same thing. And yeah. then it becomes lots of... Lots of not good people getting involved, just trying to make a buck. It's the same thing and, with castor oil. And that's so interesting because there's so many similarities with this. And if it works, and once again, if it works. So I'm going to I'm gonna throw this at you here. I would love to try this in my practice. So I need a discount code, and you I'm going to buy it. a bunch of these. 100%. And I'm just yeah. going to give them to patients. Oh, I so, love that. Oh, my God. That'd be oh, – let's, let's collect research on that. I would love to do that. I, I <gasps> absolutely am about that. That'd be amazing. Just, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you, know, you know what people don't realize is, is that you don't have to have an FDA evaluation with this because it's a natural product. Yeah. And just say, hey, here's a, here's a bowel scoring issue. Here's a global assessment score. Just yeah. make it really easy, and then you just give it what I'm going to call a net promoter score, which is how likely would you be to recommend awesome. the Queen of Thrones castor oil pack to a friend? Yeah, super easy. And right? then it's super easy, yeah. and then what happens is if you get seven, eight, nine, or ten, yeah. you know that you're really onto something because people are just inundated with just too much information. Yeah. It's just super easy. How likely would you be to recommend... Um, the Queen of Thrones to be on another show. Awesome. And it's like, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. It's, it's easy. It's, yeah. it's fun. And so that's what it comes down to. But we put this on some people, and then I personally feel like that's, yes, influencers are things, but 
um, you know, the proof is always kind of in the poop. It is. It is always in the poop. And, you know, it's, it's, and I want to go back to what you said about the quality of things because castor oil has this major issue too, because castor oil needs to be in a glass bottle and not in plastic bottle. And on the store shelves, the majority, all you'll see is actually plastic, especially in the U.S. That's okay. fascinating. Well, yeah. Well, because of the permeability aspect, right? Castor oil is a carrier oh. oil and that, that brycinolic acid structure, that, uh, that alcohol group on that 12 carbon, that's going to grab things like a claw. And it'll grab plastics, you know, like even if it's BPA free, there's still other things than, than just BPA and plastic. Honestly, there's like, you know, if you, if you know anything about manufacturing, there's like sealants that are put or slide agents that are put in the plastic bottle, UV, UV agents in the plastic. It's like, so it's, you know, we need to have castor. It must be, must don't even use it if, unless it's in a glass bottle and organic because you are bringing this into your body. That is so fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, you're functioning as co-host, um, Eric and I, he's at the the FINCI 2019, which is the um, largest nutrition conference. Yeah. And one of our favorite people um, is there. Um, it's Susan Linky, and she was describing somebody she was working with. She does lots of food sensitivity testing. Oh, yeah, awesome. They actually went to Germany mm-hmm. to have a family member tested where they found out that um, – I, I'll just call it PB. I don't know, but some yeah. plastic thing was affecting his mitochondria, and the test could only be done in Germany. Awesome. As it turns out, he was drinking um, water every single day out of a plastic bottle. Oh, yeah. So clearly, we're not. And no, oil. Something's going on there. And oil, oil is even worse than water because oil transports things, right? Oil is a, oil. The mecha, oil grabs onto things and moves things out of the body, right? Like oil is like that. That's just what it does. Like toxins, like they're all lipophilic, right? So like if you, uh, excess estrogens, xenoestrogens are lipophilic. They're, so they're fat loving. So they love fat. So they add, they, they attach onto fat and fat is one of the ways that we eliminate toxins out of our body, right? So super important when you're using castor oil that it is in a glass bottle. So while, so while I have you here, so we know that yours is um, glass organic. Glass, it's organic. actually extra virgin, which means it's a very very, like like with olive oil, it's a very, very first of the press because castor oil also has good things like polyphenols in it, has all those extra added, th- like vitamin E, the source of vitamin E. So it, it itself has some great antioxidants in it. So we want them to be really, really high in high amounts in, in the first pressed oil. All right. So let's yeah. go ahead and set up the study right now. What Done. are... Um, what are some parameters and all it is is really easy. It's just a score one through 10 or one through five or whatever. What is the first symptom we want to find out? I would do bloating, bloating, sleep, pooping, <laughs> like whether you're up, obviously. <laughs> no, this is just on the external. Yeah. We're not doing oral. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there was a good study about that as well, too. It compared it to two conventional laxatives. And they what they found was that they found that it, it's, they didn't increase the frequency, but they felt more satisfaction, more complete evacuation. So it's very interesting. And you do with castor oil. I read that one. That was in a mm-hmm. nursing home. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In Europe. Yeah. 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 They're they're nice and progressive. It's so, so, so progressive in Europe. I just love how they, they go into different things. Um, so we did what? We did sleep. We did bloating. We did... Uh, Constipate. I would. Pooping, I would yeah. do pooping, and then after that, I would probably so even do then, stress levels. So, like so with with the pooping, it wouldn't be um, number, which is what pharmaceutical companies always do. Yeah, it would be sense of it would full be like, evacuation. Yeah, satis- Yeah, like 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 the way that you're pooping, right? And then what was so four? What was the fourth one? The fourth one was stress. Stress. Yeah, your perception do of stress. You, and so, and then and I would just, probably add like a feel better, like how do you feel? 
overall. Okay. And just uh, so on your website, how much is a pack normally? Uh, typically, we sell the pack with the castor oil for $60. $60. How yeah. long does it last? Usually, so we recommend for people to do the castor oil pack daily. And if they were to do that, usually the pack will last for, you know, three months and you might want to replace oh it. Oh, okay. yeah, it's great. And then the oil, however, you'll re- need to re- replace the oil bottle every month, yeah. at least. If you're really diligent, you, you probably will need an oil bottle every two weeks. So this is, yeah. this is really interesting because we run into this all the time, or I do in traditional medicine. Yeah. These drugs that come out that they pay for these ads. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It ends up being, oh, I don't know, $700 a month. Oh, yeah. Zyfaxin will cost $1,500 oh, yeah. if it's not there. So when people hear 60 they're like, oh, but it's like, look, if it works. Oh, $60, that's fantastic. That's use fantastic. that. Use the rest of the money and go live your life of your dreams and go traveling. Yeah, right? don't be busy. Live your life of your dreams. <laughs> that's right. Live the life of your dream, <laughs> 100%. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's re- you know, and that's, you know, that's my my intention is to, I want something to be affordable, you know, because even as a naturopath, like when I see patients coming to me, like they're dropping thousands of dollars. Like that's medicine. That's just what it costs to be and feel great, right? It's the way that it is if you're, if you're you're sick. But like if there's a this is why I'm on this this uh this soapbox. Like I need to get this message out there. This is a must for me. This is this is what I need need the world to uh, know before I leave this this beautiful planet. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, I think that um you've covered a lot. We geeked out. We talked about some personal love stuff. Yeah. I love having you here. So you're going to reach a billion people. How do people reach you? Awesome. So please go to my website, www.drmarisol, that's D-R-M-A-R-I-S-O-L.com and find me there. I'm super active on Instagram. If you want a good laugh, if you want to like talk about your poos, (laughs) find me on Instagram at queen of the thrones. You really need to add that the in there. Yeah, I figured that out. Otherwise, you just have a bunch of Game of Thrones stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's really funny, actually, my... HBO actually didn't want me to have my branding because originally I'd branded it as Queen of Thrones. Oh, really? And they thought it was too close to Game of Thrones. And I, I, I you know, my lawyer was arguing, well, she sells poop <laughs> <laughs> and education about poop and, you know, castor oil packs. And, well, you're like, it's, you know, worldwide syndicated show. Like, it's a little different world. But either way, HBO was really, really honorable and amazing. They were cool that I could use it if I just added in the. So just make sure it's Queen of the. Thrones. Queen of A little bit more power. Thrones. Yeah, it makes me feel a little bit more queenly. I, I have to ask you about yeah. your little um, emblem or whatever yeah. it is. You know, how did you come up with that? I It was actually from a picture I took. You know, you know, as the universe placed the right things in front of me, I was doing my first photo shoot for the launch of this company. And we were driving by Strange Street. Literally, it was called Strange Street. And there was a toilet on the side of the road. I should use this as my funny story to begin. And uh, this this toilet on the side of the road, uh, I'm like, oh my god, that's perfect! And so toilet just sitting out, sitting out there. It was you know going to the garbage, but like it was it was not even a garbage <laughs> day. It was just sitting there. People, I guess, had done all the renovations. So my photographer and I were like, let's let's go. So we ran to it and we started taking pictures. And so my logo is actually a pic a, taken from a picture of me from that photo shoot where I was sitting on the toilet and posing like a queen. <laughs> so it just worked out perfect. Perfectly. And it's, that and you know, awesome. my, my thing is this, is I, uh, this is my slogan, own your throne. 
Because to me, I want people out there to own their throne, not only their toilet bowl, right, their potty time, but I want them to own their purpose in their life and their passion. And I really feel that, you know, when you feel better and you digest well, you're pooping great, like those are really, that's the base, that's, that's, that's the pedestals that are going to help you to be able to live your best life. And, and, and really achieve that life of your dreams. Right. So I really, my end purpose is that like, yes, to get castor oils in everybody's hands, but my even longer long-term trajectory is that I want people, those billion people and more, if you're awesome and just want to be healthy to like jump on board and do this. I think that is absolutely incredible. You know, Aww. I was just thinking about something. Um, my flight, I, my yeah, wonderful time, life. Yeah. We need to get you yeah. out of here. Don't we? Yeah. I want to, uh. But it's it's been I've been very blessed and thank you for having me too here. Oh no, yeah. thank you. Hey, we Aaron. are finishing up the show here. I wanted you to make a quick guest appearance and <laughs> say hi. Oh, hello. Oh, Aerosol. hey, Welcome to the Gut Check Project. Oh, thank you so much. So awesome. We just had an amazing. I I, I took your seat and uh, I I have to say I'm I'm more attractive than you, Eric. <laughs> well. <laughs> We're just uh, we're detailing lots of dietitians here on the benefits of Ultron Steel and gut health. Awesome! And uh, I'm glad that y'all were able to connect us off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what I found is, is that uh, she's an amazing co-host. So every time that you need to do one of these little things, we're just going to fly. Sounds perfect. Metasol in so that she can be a co-host. I'd love that. <laughs> Heck yeah! No, that's awesome. I'm so, game. Uh, I'm being- I just learned by phone and being replaced. That's cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Only, only when you're busy, Eric. Only when you're busy. Is so, that, yeah. <laughs> we are officially going to close out. I'm going to let you close this out. Let me, um, let me do something here real quick. And we are now running the Gut Check Project closing music. Eric, if you'd like to take us off the air, please. Um, I can't really make out everything you said, but I think that I need to say go to buttmuttonemmy.com forward slash foodie to save money on Ocon Deal. Be sure to check out Queen of Thrones, Marisol. And, Queen uh, of the Thrones. <laughs> All right. Right on, buddy. Have fun at that conference. He's at Fincy uh, 2019. Right on. Dr. Marisol, thank Marisol. you so much. Woohoo! Let's <laughs> shut this down. <laughs> Have a great one, guys.